0: you're listening to the abide podcast to
1: find out more about abide go to Abidechurchfl.com and enjoy today's message
2: amen and amen i I want to get right into the word today but i have one more announcement um just some housekeeping um if you don't know abide is actually a house of prayer and so we have prayer room that happens sunday morning tends to be where the most people show up but the backbone say backbone. backbone the backbone of this ministry is the house of prayer What happens here on Tuesday mornings and on Wednesday nights and what will be Thursday mornings is what, it is the the gasoline that allows what happens on Sunday mornings to happen in the way that it happens. So I want to invite you out, if you've never been to a prayer room, I want to invite you out to come and to experience the presence of the Lord. To come and to sit, we believe there is no better discipleship tool mechanism than the presence of God. So, so we simply come and we rest in his presence and we allow him to speak to us. It's an environment where we can learn how to engage with the Lord. So, so practically speaking, what happens here on Sunday mornings has to go into Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It can't just be, see the Lord is delivering us from Sunday morning Christianity. And he's taking us to a place of relationship where we learn how to host him Monday through Saturday. Not just with a pastor with a microphone, but where we as a people will host him well. So I want to invite you Tuesday mornings, 9 a.m., we will be meeting here for prayer room on Wednesday nights from 6 to 8. We will be here, and we want to invite you out. And, And listen, you don't have to know the right way to pray. You just got to show up. And when we come into an environment where there's agreement and there's faith, the Lord begins to move, and it is incredible. So I want to invite you out to the prayer room. If you want to, like, how can I get more connected to abide in what God is doing to the spiritual family prayer room? Say prayer room. Prayer room. Prayer room. And it will be happening here at Bloom for a season. So I want to invite you out. Amen. Yeah. So if you've been with us for for any period of time over the last maybe two months. We've been talking a lot about, um, as a community, stepping into the new thing that God has given us. How many of you have been with us? Stepping into the new thing. In order for us to step into the new thing, we've got to let go of the old thing. We've been through all of that together. But today, as we've stepped into the beginning of the new thing, what I want to do is I want to paint a picture of what I believe, as a community, the new thing looks like. Because I believe we talk a lot in the church about, oh, well, God is doing a new thing. Behold, he's doing a new thing. And the worst thing that can happen after quoting something like that scripture is step right into the old thing again. And so I want to paint a picture today for what I believe is available, not just for us as a community, but for you individually. We talk a lot about there being new wineskins. How many of you heard this? You can't pour new wine in old wineskins. And all of these things, my friend Kale's writing a book. I encourage you to buy it. Shameless plug, bro. Shameless plug. But, but here's, what, here's what I want to say to you. The, the new wineskin does look like something And it requires us as a people, in a very practical way, to engage with the Lord in a new way. It requires us as a people to give ourselves to things like intimacy. Where we're not just going to walk into a building and say, welcome to abide. But we're going to actually learn what it means to abide. what, What it looks like to be connected to the vine. And live an intimate relationship in proximity. Not to pastors and leaders. That's great. We want you to be connected to pastors and leaders in honor and we believe in spiritual honor but the the greatest connection we want you to have is to the person of Jesus. We want we want you to understand that you can walk with Jesus hand in hand and that Jesus is interested in you. He's not just interested in building a church, he's not just he's interested in in building a people who become a spiritual family who abide in a church. So I I really want to talk about this today, about building the Lord a house because there are many houses. I I believe Tampa Bay is one of the most discipled churches, There, there are more churches here than anywhere I think. Every quarter mile there's a church and we as a prayer house have dedicated ourselves to praying for those churches. But what I believe this next season is going to look like is I believe the questions that we begin to ask are going to change. Many times we've come into churches and we begin to ask questions like, well, what will attract people? How do we, how do we get people? And how do we make the people happy? And are the people happy with the worship? And listen, you are a people, and we care and we love you. We are called. We are called to disciple people. But I believe the principal question that we are asking in this hour, as a community, as a church, is: What does the Lord want? Like, like, Lord, Lord. It's not just enough that you visit or that you come for a two-hour span, but we want to create a nine-thirteen doblo a habitation. Where, where the narrative about, about the community, about these 10 acres is not, oh man, the worship is good, or have you seen the building, or, or the speakers, or whatever. But it would be, man, when you walk on that property, you can feel the presence of the Lord. Now, now something like that doesn't just happen. It doesn't just happen. The Bible says, in the book of Chronicles, it says, the eyes of the Lord are looking. It, it, like like the Lord is looking for a people whose hearts are fully committed to him. So that he can strengthen them. Meaning like God is looking for a people and you are those people. Yes. Like let's let's break. The part of what I like about this is that I feel connected to you. Like I'm able to speak. Because part of what's happened is there's been a separation between the platform and the people. Yeah. Where it's like no, no, no. Well the people who hold microphone and sing songs are anointed. But we just show up and we partake. But I believe the procession in this season is going to be led by you. Yes. The, like, like. The the level that we go to is going to be dictated by the amount of of willingness that you have to give your heart fully to the person of Jesus. And it's not this thing where we have to like, well, I have to have it all together. Like maybe one day when when I get through my baggage or through all of the things, because let's be honest, we could pass the microphone and go around and we all got stuff. If you don't feel like you got stuff, we can pray for you and the Lord will open your eyes to your stuff. (laughs) We, we all got stuff, but, but what we're learning is as we come into proximity to the presence of Jesus, how much of that stuff can I really take with me? Like as we climb the mountain of the Lord, that's why we're here as priests unto him. How much stuff can we really carry before it begins to weigh us down on our journey to go into the holy of holies? Make no mistake, it's why we're here. To create a dwelling place for the Lord where we can ascend the mountain of the Lord with clean hands and pure hearts. Knowing that he has, here's the deal, it has to be him. There's nothing you can do to fix you. You know you tried to fix you. (laughs) But, But the beauty of this room and us coming together and lifting up the name of Jesus is, as we begin to fix our eyes on him, he begins to remove. John 15, he talks to us about branches that at one point they produce fruit, but they must be severed off in order for us, for new fruit to be produced in us. Meaning this, even the good things that at one season used to produce fruit, they have to be severed off in order for us to step into a season where there can be greater growth. So listen, maybe this season for you feels discomfort. It's like, it's uncomfortable. You're like, I just don't know. I want to say to you today, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe you knowing has been what has you in the way of stepping into all that God has for you. Because there are places that God will lead us. How many of you know there are places that God will lead you, he will lead me, where it won't always make sense. That's why we're called people of faith, not people of understanding. And so many times what I have found is, as I have said yes to Jesus time and time again, the understanding comes, but many times it's on the backside of my obedience. So what does it look like to build the Lord house? I believe building the Lord house has to be marked by a people whose first and foremost ministry is to the person of Jesus. It's going to look a lot less about who has the microphone and who's willing to go the lowest to the feet of Jesus. Who's willing to take the lowest road and who's willing to come humbly and say, Jesus, I just want to sit at your feet. It's the ministry of the feet. It's the ministry of adoration. And it's learning to blow past the boredom and saying, oh, I just don't know. I want to be doing to understanding that ministry is not about doing. It's about a who. Who are we engaging with? Who, who, who are we entertaining? So it blows past like, oh, I'm sorry if you're uncomfortable with a little bit of worship that's too long. We're just not really worshiping you at this moment. Because we know that when we blow past all of the religion and all of the garbage and the limitations that we have set. Where he we said, well, listen, we're in a day and age where we have made it. Uh, I'm not going to say that. No, I'm not. I'm not going to say that. I'm going to go to Ezekiel 44. We're going to go to Ezekiel 44. I want to talk about this really quick. Ezekiel 44. I'm using self-control today. Praise God. So in building the Lord a house, I believe it really does look like something. If you walked into the lobby you saw today building him a house, if you look behind a house built for him, and we believe that God is marking this you, how many of you know you are the house? The building is not the house. This building is a vehicle to be able to host the church, which is you to be able to expand his kingdom in the Brandon area, and the Lithia area, and the Valrico area, to push the principalities of darkness back. And I really believe by faith, I want to say to you, as we establish his house, we will begin to see principalities and things that have been ruling over this region pushed back in Jesus' name. So in Ezekiel 44, there's a scripture that has marked us as a community. About two and a half years ago, we used to do services on Saturday nights where we would show up and we would just minister to the Lord. There would be no preaching. There would be nobody that would grab a microphone, but we would call it EZ44 and we would come on a Saturday night and we felt the Lord. We began to ask the question, what if we just came into a room and we just loved on Jesus for a few hours and there was no agenda, like there was no pressure for, for there to be any kind of activity, but we just waited upon the Lord because the Bible talks a lot about those who wait upon the Lord. How many of you know this? Those who wait upon the Lord. It's time and time again in the Bible, those who wait upon the Lord. So we began to wait upon the Lord. Now, how many of you know when you receive a word from the Lord, you just feel like it's going to blow up really quick? You're like, I heard it. I know everybody's going to show up. Well, well, the reality is we started doing easy 44, and many times it was me, Covington, and Destiny. And we would show up on a Saturday night, and sometimes we didn't want to be there. How many of you know sometimes you don't want to be there? Well, pray, y'all some liars. Sometimes you just don't want to be there. And I remember sometimes we would show up to, to on, on Sunday night, uh, Saturday night, and it would be just the three of us, and it's like, what are we going to do? Should we just go home? And I remember in those moments feeling the fear of the Lord saying, listen, it doesn't matter if anybody's there, God is watching us. Yeah. I feel it in this moment. God, he's watching to see how we respond to his word. And so in those moments, like nowadays, you come into prayer room, and there's like 50, 60, 70 people, but back in the day, it was just a few of us believing, God, will you mark our community? with this passion that we would move beyond Sundays, and that we would come into a room and intercede for two hours for the churches in the region and the leaders, and for him to move, but it all started with this scripture where there was a mandate that was given to the Levites, and there was a people that in Exodus where God set apart, and their only ministry, their only assignment was to tend to the place where God's presence dwelt, They were a people who their job was to tend to God and make sure that the dwelling place between God and man was established so that there could be a habitation for the Lord. And I just want to release to you as a community, you don't have to understand all the language and you don't have to understand all the verbiage, but this is why we are here. We are here in this community as as a priesthood to host the presence of the Lord. There was, for years in our community, the Lord would say to us, you are not to advertise. You're not to spend one money as a church on advertising nothing because I want to build it. These are things as a community that has marked us. Where, where, where sometimes we, we send out surveys, if you're new, you'll get the survey, and sometimes like, worship was too long. And we're like, well, that's a non-negotiable. That wasn't the question we asked. <laughs> But as a community, there are things that have marked us. And for many people, I just want to say this, for many people who don't understand the assignment, it would seem like a waste of time. Why would you sit in a room for two hours and worship Jesus when we could be doing something? When we could be busy, we could, we could be on assignment. There's an assignment. And what I want to say is there are many churches, and we're not, listen, we're not here to talk negatively about any church. We bless them and we wash their feet. But we've got to stay on our assignment. And our assignment would be this. That we would create on these 10 acres a dwelling place for God. And that there would be a fire on the altar that would never go out. Yeah. That, that, that we would give ourselves, not just when we come onto the property, but in our homes. That we would be, that we would be possessed. We talk so much about possession in the negative terms. People being possessed by the devil. I just, I asked, what would it look like for a people who were possessed by the spirit of God? Like everything that they did, it wouldn't be, well, we put God first. No, we would put God at the center. And the way we stewarded our finances and our our marriages and our children and our businesses would all flow from this one place. I am here to serve the Lord. Where we would begin to ask the question in our own lives are the decisions that I am making pleasing God. And so in this scripture, man, Ezekiel's having this vision, and he's seeing a heavenly tabernacle. If you read read in in Hebrews 8, 9, 10, 11, it talks about this heavenly tabernacle. And there was a scripture as I was reading this. I spent a season of my life studying the Levites because I really resonated with this call, man. The Levitical call for us, to tend to the presence of the Lord and believing that he would draw, as we lifted him up, he would draw all men unto him and that people would be discipled and transformed and we've seen it. We've seen more ministry happening in the prayer room than ever even on a Sunday morning. We've seen depression fall off of people. We have seen people healed, delivered from the anxiety and fear all because we've made Jesus the principal thing and we've trusted him enough to say, as we worship you, we trust that you're gonna touch them. So he's speaking about a heavenly tabernacle. I want to go to, to actually verse 15. Ezekiel 44, 15. He says this. It's talking about the prince, of Levites, and the priests. But he says, verse 15, he says, However, the Levitical priests of the family of Zadok continued to minister faithfully in the temple when Israel abandoned me for idols. So, so there was a group of Levites that they were ministering in the temple, in the tabernacle. But something had happened. In the midst of ministering in the tabernacle, which the tabernacle was all about the Lord, the people would come, they would perform sacrifices, a lot of things happened. But there was a group of them that they had made the assignment of ministering to people greater precedence than ministering to the Lord. So so listen, like if you were to walk into the temple at that time, there would have been a lot of God activity. You would have been able to look at look, everything seems according to plan this is what we do, but what we find is there was a very adamant, like God adamantly felt wrong about this to the point where he separated them and he said, listen, I'm going to separate the sons of Zadok because they continued to minister to me faithfully and did not give their hearts to idols. Now, in a context like this, we would say, well, 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 we haven't given our hearts to idols, but well, one of the things that we're finding that is being exposed in environments like the prayer room is that one of the greatest idols we have in the church is religion. It is the need to find satisfaction in doing instead of abiding and knowing you're a son and a daughter. I know, it's it's hard, I know. But we're here now. And so he's speaking to them and he says, listen, they have ministered to me faithfully. He says, these men, these men will serve as my ministers. They will stand in my presence. They will offer fat and blood of sacrifices, says the Lord. Then he says this, verse 16. They alone, say alone they alone will enter my sanctuary and approach my table to minister to me. Listen to the mandate that was given to them. They alone, there was a separation that happened. They alone, the ones who had faithfully committed themselves to the Lord and not given themselves to idolatry. I don't know what idolatry can look like, but it could look like a job. It could look like a 401k. It could look like many things. You name it. It could look like a phone, a television, But he says, these ones that have remained faithful, which is you, say me. This is you. This is what God is releasing over you. This is not condemnation. This is an invitation to the assignment. He says, these ones, they will come to my table. How many of you are thankful the Lord has a table? David says, you have prepared a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Oh, we've released this vision continually, where we see this, as we minister to the Lord in worship, that He has prepared a table for us, and everything that you need in your life right now is available for you at the table of the Lord. Everything you need, it's available for you right now. right now. So He's prepared a table for us, and he has invited us to the table. It's His table. It's His sanctuary. Do you see? Do you see that when we're reading it? it, they shall enter whose sanctuary? It's His sanctuary. I always want to make it clear: this is not Abide sanctuary. It's the Lord's sanctuary, the Lord. We have to be like this with everything. Everything is Yours. So it's his sanctuary and it's his table. He invites us to his table. And many times when we talk about the table of the Lord, we like to talk about what we get at the table, right? We we all like, man, I came to the table of the Lord. I I came to the Lord and I was freed from, for, for me, it would have been addiction. I was freed from addiction and anger and frustration and relational wounds. The Lord healed me. But what I want you to see as a community today is that when you come to the table of the Lord, he is stirred. I want you to get this deep in your spirit today that the reason we sit in prayer rooms and we continue to keep incense and praise and adoration in a building among a people is because we have learned that when we come to him in faith and we pour our oil on him he is moved and in many churches the main ministry is ministry to people it's the great commission. It's all those things. And those are good things. There's nothing wrong for that. And even beyond that, then we make it ministry to the saints. How do we equip the saints? This is good. There's nothing wrong with that. But the first and the principal ministry for this house will be who's tending to the Lord. That <laughs> <It> cuts. <laughs> but I'm telling you, as long as we as a people make the principal focus, how are the people responding to what we are doing? We will be a slave to the people. Yeah. And when I read my Bible, we are bond slaves to one person. Yeah. It's the person of Jesus. So, so the, the invitation for you, I, I want to read to you a scripture that, that to me was so interesting. In first Peter nine, this is, it says this, he's talking about us becoming living a living stone, a house for the Lord, and he's speaking to us about our identity. And he's speaking to, about the people that had separated themselves. They had kind of gone wayward. They had not kept the main thing, the main thing. But then he says, but you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. Say chosen people. That's you. You are chosen, set apart, consecrated. That's you. But you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, watch this, the result of you understanding who you are is this. You can show others the goodness of God. Not by striving, not by trying to do or accomplish, by you understanding you are chosen and you are a priest and you are holy before the Lord. The result of that is you could show others the goodness of God for he has called you out of darkness into what? That's why we don't freight. I don't worry about what's going on in the news. Because in any situation, if I'm chosen instead of part, I'm continually being taken out of darkness into his marvelous light. It doesn't matter what the narrative is. And listen, there are lots of places you can feed from today. You can feed from Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. I'm too old. I don't even know all the other ones. The chatted this and that. But what I'm saying is there's lots of places that you can go to try to find nourishment for your soul that will never, ever satisfy that thing inside of you that is longing for God. You can come into this building and I could preach one message three times a day every day. There's a place in your hole, there's a place in your heart that is a hole that is reserved for the person of Jesus, that only He can fill. It can never be filled by a podcast or a sermon. A therapist can't fix it. You can't medicate it out of you. There's nothing you can do because you have been chosen. You have been set apart. Not just to be a part of a serve team. Or to come and to be a part of, but to be set apart for him. So be like, I just don't know what my assignment is. I don't know what I'm called to do. Let's start with this. You are a chosen person. You are a royal priest, and we are a holy nation, and we are possessed by him. Yeah. Let's start there. Let's not worry about if you're an apostle, prophet, evangelist, or blah, blah, blah. Let's start with this. First, I'm going to cement this. I'm chosen. And I'm ch- being chosen is a choice. It didn't just happen. God chose Gio. When I was in addiction and I was angry, there was nothing I can do to get away from him. Everywhere I went, he was cornering me. And you've got to start from there. God chose me, he appointed me, and he delivered me. And he did it for a purpose. Not just to go to church on Sundays. We're thankful you're here. So glad you're here. We're blessed you're here. But the assignment is that we would become a holy nation, a kingdom of priests that would minister to him. You're like, but for what? But for what? Because when there's an altar built, fire would always fall on the altar. And what we're believing for is holy fire to fall upon us. That would purify us. Oh, the cuss word. That God, like, not you, that, that you would sit down with your notebook and say, God, but that we would come under the presence of God and He would purify us. And He would begin to put His finger on all of the things that don't belong. I mean, let's just say it like it is. In a lot of places, there's a lot of mixture, there's a lot of mixture. I'm thankful for the fathers that God has put in my life that has allowed me to sift through the mixture. Because what we want is, how many of you know when gold goes through fire, it is refined? But it has to go through the fire. It didn't just happen. There was a process of impurities being taken out. So on the other side, you can have what you have on your finger. And what I believe God is doing right now is he's removing the idols, the problems, the ideas, because the fear is what if we do all of this spiritual activity but we never see him? The Bible is very clear that in the last days there will be people that they did all of the spiritual things. I prophesied and I healed and I did this and I did that, but Jesus looks at them and he says, I never... I know you don't hear this kind of stuff anymore it's hard but but it's just the truth because my job is not to prepare you to cope with what's happening our job is not to prepare you how to cope with covid it's to prepare you to meet him to stand rightly before him that's why we're here so so this is the mandate will will you and this is what's crazy when when i began to look for for like books like i like to read books like you could find 50 books on how to create an environment for discipleship like man we want to launch small groups there's 5,000 books on small groups and we want to learn how to grow churches and you could pay $500 there's 50 programs on how to build churches which we don't partake in any of that crap but but when it came down to what would it look like to build like a Davidic tabernacle with day and night worship and prayer you can't find anything because the truth is we live in a society where everything has to be measurable It's easy to write books about how do we build churches because we put butts in seats and we feel good about that. It's measurable. There was X amount of people and we we baptized this many and all of that's good. But when you sit in a prayer room, everything happens in the spirit and it's not measurable. And so you really have to believe that as you're sitting in that seat rocking back and forth and you're talking to the Lord, something is happening in the spirit. It's not measurable. And what it does is it exposes us because the plumb line is we've become more entertained by ministry than the person of Jesus. Should I wrap up? Is that a good place to wrap up, bro? So the only way, the only way to reject that form of religiosity is to put people in a room and then walk up to you and say, I just don't know how to do this. And I'm like, oh, me neither. We're figuring it out together. I just don't know what what do I do for two hours I don't know I've been doing it for a year and I'm still trying to figure that out I, I I just feel really bored like I know I get it it's early but we believe that God spoke to us that as we sit here like some of you don't know last year man on Pentecost Sunday we gathered 33 churches together actually Caleb was the first person I called when God spoke to me in prayer room, I called Caleb. He was the first one. I said, what if we gathered three churches together, man, and we just worship Jesus? That was, that was my faith level. Like, what if, what if we got six churches? We got it going on. And 33 churches gathered, over 1,000 people. But, but it wasn't the fruit of strategy. It was the fruit of prayer. So, like, people call, oh, how did you do that? I'm like, I didn't do it. I called Caleb, and there was two guys with long hair that with tattoos. And then I got Pastor Len involved, and he, he helped it make sense a little bit. But, but it's the Lord. And we're in a season now where we have to move beyond the maneuvering of man. And the narrative has to be, I just don't know how this happened. I don't know how we got here today. Look around. I don't know how we got here. I know two years ago, the Lord said, don't call an architect because we're going to bless you. And here we are two years later celebrating what the Lord said two years ago. I'm just saying like we've got to hold on to his words and his words are only given to those in this day who can go beyond the noise and who can hide themselves in uncomfortable rooms where it seems like there could be something more important going on is anybody understanding what I'm saying I'm just giving you somebody's going to show up on Tuesday morning and be like what the crap's going on it's just an acoustic. where's the big and it's not going to be that because because the goal's not a show the goal is man can we host like can we move beyond so uh, even in the new testament you're like man you're talking a lot about the old testament listen in the new testament when the holy spirit fell upon the upper room what do you think they were doing think they were playing tic tac toe I'm not sure they were really strategizing. I don't think they had any idea. They were simply told to go wait. To go wait. And then one day something started shaking. And somebody's like, the building's shaking. I don't know what's going on. But here's what I know. As we create an environment where we wait upon the Lord, he comes in power. In power. Many times we even talk about, you know, Saul to Paul. How many of you know Saul was transformed on the road to Damascus. God touched him. God saved him. But the commissioning didn't come until Acts 13. What was happening in Acts 13? Paul wrote a good portion of your New Testament. He was the man. He was saved on the road to Damascus. He was transformed. But the commissioning for the assignment came in Acts 13 where you found a group of people where the Bible says they were ministering to the Lord. This is what was happening. They were fasting and praying and ministering to the Lord. Here's what I'm saying. What if, what if the next Paul, maybe in our day it would be Billy Graham, whoever your spiritual hero is, what if in this next season God was trying to pick them out of the prayer rooms? Not just being marked at conferences. I'm, I'm for conferences. We have one at the end of the month. I'm not against conferences. But it would be these people that ha- they have positioned their lives in such a way that they're like, I'm not just going to say God is priority. I'm going to live that. I'm going I'm I'm to I'm build my life in such a way that when you look at my calendar and my checkbooks and my inner circle and every portion of my life, it's screaming Jesus. What would that look like? Here's what I know. What I know is that I reject and I refuse to be a part of a spiritual family or community that are going to be found with Jesus coming in the procession and them having no oil. You feel the tension there? I'm just not going to do it. And what I have found after doing ministry since 08 is very little oil is produced in this room in this time. No pastor or leader can give you oil. You can't lay hands on you and impart to you history with the Lord. There's a level, there's an upward call that God is giving us as a community that is saying, will you hide yourself in my presence? Will you make room, make space, make time so that I can fill you up again? Like, well, I just don't feel it. Join the club. Very few times do I wake up at six and I'm like, I'm excited for this. It's like, oh my gosh, Jesus, I promised. But here's what I found, man. And I hope that this imagery would stay with you, that at the times where I come, and it's either late at night or early morning, he's always waiting for me. We've had this image of this angry God. He's angry, and he's just, oh, just like he tolerates you. But what I have found is the Lord is tender. And he's beautiful. And he's just waiting for a people that would love him as much as that he loves them. I mean, I love the Lord. Like, I love the Lord. I believe that we do. I believe that as a community we're here, I'm not pointing a finger at anybody and saying, you don't love Jesus. I'm just saying, let's make covenant with the Lord to love him better every day. We're a, we're a blessed nation, man. We, we are a people that when we want to do something, we find a way to do it. And sometimes what I'm finding is as, as, as a church, the overall church, we work so hard to build things that are just gonna pass away. And then we come to God with our scraps and in mercy, he takes them and he works with them. But I'm telling you, That there's going to come a day, I'm just going to say, there's going to come a day where church won't always look like this. It's going to change. And my fear for you is that you would be codependent on this and you would not be holding hands with the Father and saying, come what may, I'm not leaving. I've found Man, one of the scriptures that has marked us is, is, is in John 6, 66, where the disciples, they begin to leave. Jesus is talking to the disciples. How many of you know, in many churches, they wouldn't be given to eat my flesh and drink my blood sermon. Jesus has masses. He did, he did miracles, signs, wonders, and he has thousands of people. And it's the prime ministry moment. Jesus' ministry is going on. They're like, let's do, the disciples are like, let's do everything we can to keep this going. And Jesus stands up. He's like, if you want to be my follower, you've got to eat my flesh, drink my blood. And he gives no explanation. How many of you know that's offensive? We understand. Like, oh, yeah, communion. But they didn't get it. They're like, bro, cannibalism. Yeah. <laughs> they don't get it. They're like, okay, the Jesus guy was cool to that. And the people begin to desert Jesus because the following him became too difficult for them. It didn't make sense. So then Jesus turns to his disciples and he says, are you going to leave too? Read it. Are you going to leave too? And Peter speaks up and he goes, listen, you have the words that have given us life. Where else would we go? I'm looking for some people like that. It's like, man, where else are we going to go? We got nothing else to do on a Tuesday morning. I'm going to be in the prayer room. But, but with these kind of people, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, with all of my heart, I believe this. If we, if we would give ourselves, wherever you're at, like maybe right now, you just show up to prayer room for 15 minutes, that's all you can tolerate, and you're like, I got to go. It's too much. It's okay. But, but what I'm saying to you today is let's fully give our hearts to what God is saying to us. Like, what about ministry to the lost? You have nothing to give to the lost until you're full of him. Nothing. We can't equip you to go do the work of the ministry if you don't know the person that you're introducing them to. I could talk to you about Cheesecake Factory cheesecake because I have history with that cheesecake. I've tasted it. I've experienced it. I know it's good. So, so what we're not going to do is we're not going to send people out to talk about Jesus until they know him. Until they know what makes him glad and they know what makes him sad. Until, they, like, until they've learned what it means when the Bible says, my sheep hear my voice. You know, doing the work of Jesus is easy when you hear his voice. The ministry of the Holy Spirit's not hard when you hear His voice. But hearing His voice, it's a process. There are things that I don't do in my marriage and I don't have to ask my wife anymore. I just know she don't like it. I don't do it because I signed a piece of paper 10 years ago. I do it because I love her. The motivation is love. So here's what I want to do today. We're going to have some ministry time here in a moment. But I really felt like what what I wanted to do is I wanted us as a community to make covenant with the Lord. This is the first service we've had in this building as Abide and how you start something is important. It sets the precedence for how everything else is going to go. So I really sought the Lord today. I'm like, what do you want to do on this first day? Because there's many things we could have talked about. And honestly, there was probably some different messages where we could have all been like, hooray, you know. But the first thing is important. And what, 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 what's important in this moment is that we would come into agreement with the call that God has given this house. To build him a house where he's loved well. Where he's tended to. Where he's honored. Where well, we're asking the question, God, did you like what just happened in that room? And if he's okay with it, we'll live with all the other results. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask you guys to stand. I'm actually going to ask my spiritual father to come forward. I really saw him praying over us this morning. This is my spiritual father, Len Harper. You can come up, Pastor. He's my pastor, my spiritual father. He's been a tremendous blessing. And he was really the first one that that released over our community, the Levitical priesthood call and, and just tending to the Lord. So I'm just gonna have him pray over us as a community and there's no right or wrong way to do this. It's really just a posture of heart. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's like, Lord, you may not understand what it all looks like, but my heart says yes. When I stood up on the stage with my wife and I said, I do, I did not know what all that meant. I did not know. But it's beautiful, and it's a blessing. So I just want to say to you today, maybe there's some intellectual, like I just don't even know what I'm, like let your heart say yes to the Lord, and let's move from that place. And believing that what he did here today with all of you in here is just the beginning of what he wants to do in this community, amen?
1: Just close your eyes and begin to hear the Holy Spirit speak to you. He's a personal God, and He's going to speak something individual just to you. It's going to be different than that person to your left or right. He's got a message just for you this morning. Last night as I was praying for Abide Church, as I was praying for this moment, and I'm a scripture guy, God, I want to hear from your word first. And what I heard was Isaiah 43, verse 18 and 19. Thus saith the Lord, forget the former things. So right now, there are things the Holy Spirit is saying to you to forget, to forget the former things and you have a choice now to forget them. Forget, forget, release, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. The Holy Spirit is telling you to stop now dwelling on the past, to forget, to let go. To let go of those old things, those old agreements, because you can't receive the new if you're holding on to the old. The old is there. The new can't come in. So you have to forget the former things. Do not dwell in the past. You have to let the past go. Because here's the promise. See, behold. See, behold. I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Now. Behold. See. Bringing up right now to each individual person who has chosen to forget the past, to forget the former things, to let go of it, to see what you're doing now. Now it springs up right now. Holy Spirit, I release, I release anointing, I release favor, I release blessing, I release heaven now. I call forth heaven the new things right now into each individual, that it would spring up as they've let go of the past, as they've forgotten the past, that right now, God, I release, I call heaven down in every individual person now. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in every person, hearing my voice right now. making a path in the wilderness and rivers in those desert places so father let your daughters let your sons see the path that they didn't see before and let them receive the river of your Holy Spirit the anointing that will take them in that path As I was in the back just saying, Holy Spirit, let me be a conduit to receive heaven over this place. I heard the Holy Spirit say to the remnant, to the people of New Testament Church grounded, Thank you. Receive that from your Father. Thank you. Thank you. Receive that. Thank you the remnant of New Testament church, grounded church that held the ground, that stayed the course, that kept the fire, kept blowing on the fire to keep it going. The father says to you right now, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Receive that deep in your spirit. He says, thank you. He says, thank you. He says, thank you. He says, thank you. you." Receive that each of you
2: Caleb come and release a word that he has senior leader of the resting place I honor him I trust him so let's just continue to agree this is this is what the Lord wants to do in this moment
0: yeah I just want to come into agreement with everything that was said by Pastor Gio and Pastor Lynn and I had a word in my heart before Pastor Lynn started speaking and I asked the Lord to confirm it if I was going to be bold and and ask for this moment so I thank you for the trust of this house this is my dear friend we're we're brothers, that's my sister, we're, we're one, it was one church, the Church of Tampa Bay. And I just was hearing over and over again a verse you all know very well, Psalm 4610, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. It's everything Gio was saying, that stillness, that sitting in the prayer room assignment is, a, is, is, sometimes awkward as you spoke about that, but that stillness is the path to knowing that He is God. Knowing He is God. And here's the thing that's, this is the revelation I believe that was confirmed just now. That word stillness is the same Hebrew word for let go. It's the same Hebrew word, Song of Songs 3, 4, I believe it is. She says let go. Let go and know that I am God. Let go Of what you thought church was supposed to be and know that I am God. Let go of what your, your parameters on prayer are and know that I am God. The result is knowing God. Is it worth it to hold on to the former things if it means you don't know God? Is it worth it? Really? It can't be. I just want to know Him. Here's the other thing. That word, I'm a a Bible geek. Okay, so I was was deep in this word for a while. It's literally a homonym that's, it's Rafa, healer. Be still, let go, be healed, and know I am God. It's in the stillness and in the letting go that you're going to be healed enough to know Him. Some of you need to let go of old church hurt. Like, there's bitterness in this room, the Lord show me. I saw it above a few people's heads. I'm not going to point at people. There's bitterness, church bitterness. You got to let that go and know that he is God. There's like confusion about this leadership team. You got to let that go. Be healed. Be still and know that he is God. So Lord Jesus, I ask you for great grace. Grace to let go. Grace to let go of my expectations. (laughs) Grace to let go of my own feeble, finite understanding of church, of of even the situations I've been through, of circumstances. God, I ask for grace to let go. To let go and know that you are God. And for grace to be still, to rest and abide. So that we may know you, Lord so that we can proclaim the goodness of our God. The excellencies of Him who called us out of darkness and into light. For the sake of the world, Lord, we will be still. For the sake of knowing You, so that we have You to offer, so that we can bring You to those who need You, we will be still. We will let go. Come on, somebody say, I will let go. Just say it to the Lord, not to me. I will let go. And you, some of you know exactly what you need to let go of right now. So I will let go. I will let go so that I can take hold of you. I will let go of what I thought happened, of my perception of that person. I will let go so that I can know who you truly are, Lord. Heal us, Lord, in that stillness. Heal us in that releasing. Heal the church of Tampa Bay. (laughs) Lord, we pray, heal your church. Call her into stillness again. Call her into releasing judgment against herself. Heal us of the self-mutilation, Lord. i got to hold your hand up. Heal us of the self-mutilation, Lord, between churches. When we judge the church down the street, we cut ourselves. For we are one body. Heal us, Lord, in the letting go, in the stillness. Heal us, Jesus. We need you to heal us. We're going to do our part by stopping, by being still, by halting everything that doesn't please you, Lord. By letting go of every perception that doesn't honor your people or your person, Lord Jesus. We release it. Show us what they are, Lord, so that we may release them rightly. We want to be healed. We want to be whole. We are one and therefore we want to rise up in the truth of our unity. The truth that we are called to maintain the unity of the Spirit. Not to attain but to maintain the unity you gave us. We are one. It's already true. Heal us to actually live like it. We'll do our part and be still. We'll do our part and let go. You'll do your part and heal. We want to know you, Lord. In Jesus' name.
2: I just want us to make one more declaration together. I just felt this as though we're praying. Let's just all say it together. Say, God, God has, has more, more for, for me. me. Let's say it again. God, God has more for me one more time God has more for me thank you father we bless every person in this room from every path of life I thank you for bringing them here today it's not by accident and we declare life over them we declare peace over them we thank you for this kairos moment in in this spirit that you saw this moment 2,000 years ago and here we are today Making covenant with you for what you're going to do in this house, in this region, in Tampa Bay. I thank you, Father, that we don't even fully understand what's happening right here, right now, but our hearts say yes. Yes. Our hearts say yes. Yes. We bless you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, listen, we're going to end
0: service here. We have prophetic company, and
2: I just want to say,